Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money. Glenn James here coming live, as in a pre-recorded live from Blue Bay on the New South Wales Central Coast with my good friend, John Pigeon. John, budget night last night. Uh, You're up. Late till 7.30pm, watching Josh deliver yes. the biggest bad boy blow of a budget. Mm. What did you think? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I didn't watch it. Right. But I was up at 7.30. I've got a winner and a loser. Okay. Let's... Do you want to tell us who you think the winner is and who you think the loser totally. is? Or do you want to do it methodically like we planned? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do, Nate? I'm going to pull the winner. Yep. Who who won? <laughs> the winner is the $120,000 individual. Sweet. They're on individual income, potentially saving up to six grand a year when uh, when the tax rate goes from 37 to 32, given that uh, that's been pushed forward a couple of years. Yes, but that's not an instant winner right now. That's next year. Correct. Okay. Still a winner. Sure. In terms of raw dollars, uh, that was my winner. Yeah, okay. And who was your loser? Victoria. Why? Mm. Well, infrastructure spend, um, the Vic versus New South, I don't know where the, the competitiveness came from, but New South Wales got double the infrastructure allocation uh, money than, than Victoria. So they're my loser in this. Yeah, but that could be because New South Wales is a bigger state. Well, population-wise, not by much. Right. No. But geographically it is. But anyway, it's about yeah. the budget and not yeah. about individual states. Now, if you are on a an income of $40,000, effectively this financial year, you'll save an extra $1,060. Mm. Now, what will happen is because of the rates changing – instantly and being backdated to 1st of July. Number one, you might get a little bit more of a kicker in your tax return. And number two, as soon as the bill receives royal assent, which is approval from the Senate and basically the Queen stamping it, saying it's all good to go, um, your weekly wage will change shortly after because your employer will withhold less tax. More money in the pocket. More money in the pocket. Now, I'll just run through some numbers. 80K income. And 60K income will save about $2,100 a year. 100K income, uh, 2,400-ish. And you can see this on our Instagram. Uh, there's a, 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 a thing on our page, a post. Uh, 160 grand income, or basically from 140 grand up to 200 grand, you'll be saving 2565 per year in, in tax. Mm. So your car reg, I mean, insurance is pretty much paid for 
due to the federal budget if you are earning, you know, up over that 100 grand a year. Mm. And that's basically instantly. For my thoughts on the budget, I I think it was a number one, the most leaked budget. I mean, we all pretty much knew what was going to be in it uh, before they released it. The only surprises that were in the budget were the things that we thought might have been surprises. They weren't there. So that was a surprise that there was nothing major that was hidden. Um, It was predominantly an infrastructure budget and the government had made no, I guess, apologies or kept it quiet that it was about jobs. Mm. And the best way they can get people on mass working is big infrastructure projects. Uh, In fact, there was, I think, $16 billion earmarked for national infrastructure. So that's not chicken feed. So yeah, my general thoughts are buy shares in a concrete factory because (laughs) there's going to be a lot of concrete getting pumped over the coming years. I think as well, it was on the proviso, all these projections that the recession will only last 10 minutes and kind of be back to normal next Mm. year. And the international travel will really start again by mid next year. So they were kind of some big assumptions that the government want to really throw money uh, to get the uh, cogs of the economy moving. Yeah. And to do that, it's basically uh, big infrastructure projects. Mm. Now, in terms of tax, again, you mentioned it earlier, they are moving forward a few uh, tax changes, which basically means there'll only be three tax rates. Which makes it simpler too, doesn't it, for, Absolutely. for everyone else? Yeah. So really falling in line with companies, with their company tax rate, where it's going to even out at 30 cents in the dollar, which is cool. Yeah. Now, there is a – there was a lot announced on jobs and particularly uh, apprentices and we've said it on the podcast before and it's no mistake that most people hit hardest – uh, through COVID were the people kind of under 25 years old. Yeah. So if I'm just looking here, they're calling it a job maker hiring mm. credit uh, to support organizations in taking on new employees. The government proposes to pay a higher credit for up to 12 months for each new job. And that's available from basically the seventh, the yeah. day after budget day. So today uh, from age 16 to 35. So if you are age 16 to 29, uh, and you're employed, your employer will receive $200 per week and you have to work at least 20 hours a week and receive the job seeker payment or youth allowance or parental payments. And if you're 30 to 35 years old, uh, there'll be a $100 a week credit. So yeah. that's kind of, again, we've got job seeker, we've got job keeper, we've got job maker. So yeah, Scotty from marketing's been at it. Yes, he's he, uh, he's kept it simple. It's a really, I suppose, from an apprentice point of view, it's a really good time for a school lever, isn't it, to to jump in and and it's given an incentive for small businesses to take someone on straight out of school. Yeah, and particularly in as part of this budget, the government announced that there would be a hundred thousand places for apprentices and eligible businesses will be reimbursed up to fifty percent of an apprentice or trainees wages worth up to seven thousand dollars per quarter yeah that's um it's a good initiative i like that because as i said the this whole uh, epidemic a majority of those affected have been that younger age group 
Yeah. Now, if you don't have an income and you're on social security, uh, you will be receiving an additional $250 payment uh, late December. And then again in, I think, March. So, there's another $500 coming to you uh, if you don't have any income. Yeah. You're on government benefits. Not a massive amount, is it? But it's a bit uh, bit to help out. Totally. So, first home buyers, John, they got a, a bit of a win. Yeah, they did. So the the low deposit scheme's been extended, so an extra ten thousand. So the only difference with this one is uh, you can only use it for brand new dwellings, mm. which it's you know if you are living in a capital city might not be of use, but particularly if you are living you know an hour hour and a half out of a capital city, yeah, um, you still might have that stronger income uh, to buy a home, but you just can't get that deposit. Yeah. So the government is saying, hey. Uh, we'll let 10,000 more people in to get the 5% deposit scheme. The government will guarantee the uh, remaining 15%. And then it basically flows through to the building and construction industry. And if you get your skates on and you can get in there, you'll get the uh, home builder grant as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, as you said, that sweet spot is really one to two hours from a major city in terms of price point and affordability and probably income as well. Yeah. They are throwing a billion dollars at affordable housing. So, you, you know, I guess it's the quote-unquote uh, housing commission type yeah. arrangements, social security. And it was interesting that um, they are putting $150 million uh, towards the Indigenous Australian Home Ownership Program. Yeah. So, that was a, a good thing as well. Interesting with the granny flat. Yes. Um, are we on that topic now? Capital yeah, let's gains? talk about that. Because mm. um, that's that's always been a bit of a grey area, hasn't it? Where mum and dad has a house at the front, builds a, ca- a, a granny flat at the back for their mum or dad or both. Yep. Could be seen as renting that out and just making it a bit of a cash cow. Now they're saying, well, prior to this, um, it's got some capital gains tax implications. Now they're saying, well, if um, if you have got a relative that's living in there um, and you're caring for them, then if you get permission, you can uh, be exempt from capital gains. That's right. And it's important to note if someone's reading the granny flat provisions in the newspaper, it's not we're setting up a, a granny flat and renting it out Airbnb yeah. style. Yeah. It's So in... Uh, as aged care type planning, uh, it's actually called granny flat provisions, mm. and you put, um, you know, your in-laws or outlaws or whatever in the granny flat, and they waive their right for ownership, but they can live there as long as they live or have to move on. Mm. So it's it's a win for, um, I guess, our older listeners who may have a home and may want to do a granny flat for their parents. That's right, um, and they won't. You know, they are receiving rent. Mm. It will just mean that it's basically not a rental property for the purpose of the granny flat. That's right. Because aged care is expensive. It bloody is. So that is, a, I think, a cheaper alternative and to, to put them in your own care. Most people would like that idea. So before we get onto the small business and the other stuff uh, that I want to talk about, uh, super was touched on. Now, I thought it was very interesting that uh, it was a bit of a nothing in terms of super mm. uh, and I could tell that it was a bit of a nothing because 
Frydenberg had to regurgitate something that was a recommendation from the Royal Commission around the stapling of your super account. So what that means is if you go and get a job, you will automatically have your super fund stapled. So the super fund of choice stapled to your tax file number. So if you're moving jobs, your super fund can follow you. But I think what he was saying in the budget that the employer can't just create a new super fund for you. Yeah. By default. Yeah. So that's a win there. The, the main thing I took from Super was the new comparison tool. <laughs> yeah, which it's funny because APRA already do a heat map, which is an unofficial comparison tool. Yeah. But they are talking about having the new tool called Your Super. Mm. And what's your thoughts on it? Because I've got a, a view on it. Well, I don't know. There was. There was an article somewhere today that said, oh, it's going to um, bring out the terrible super funds and expose them somewhat. Um, I, I think generally speaking, if you, if you can do your research now anyway. So I'm neither here nor there. The problem I've got with it is it's going to be using the data from APRA to look at performance. Mm. Now, anyone can go to APRA at the moment, download the Excel document, which is the APRA heat map, and you can look and it's like these are the best performing funds mm. um, and this fund here did better than that fund but they're both balanced funds yeah. but one has a 85% allocation to growth mm. and the other one has a 75% allocation to growth. Yeah. So how can we compare apples with apples? Yeah, so you're saying you actually can't. No. And I think it'd be more for the government to say if you want to call yourself a balanced fund, you have to use these percentages industry-wide. Mm. So I think it's fraught with danger. Secondly, if the government, and they've also um, basically said, if you don't meet the annual performance test uh, for more than I think two years, you have to tell your members and we can basically shut down your fund. Mm. So the question is, are funds going to be lying not to die? Yeah. Or what if I've got, um, you know, Sun Super as a show partner? What if I've got a Sun Super superannuation fund i've built my own portfolio within that fund that's performing very well of three different investment options and then the my super fund goes no it's rubbish didn't meet the test shutting down sun super Mm. well how's that work when they've just tested one option within the super fund surely that won't play out though will it i don't know but again like anything if the government come along to help usually it's a freaking debacle so, yeah, there wasn't really much on super. They want to reduce um, waste by about $17.9 billion. And I think, you know, they didn't say that was over one year. I don't think they would do that. But mm. over the long term, they think they can clean up uh, the super industry. Yeah. Um, but it was weird. Like a lot of money was thrown around the budget. Like we've now got a debt of $1 trillion, trillion. which is a lot of Monet. It is a concern as to how that's going to be clawed back. Well, and this is the thing. I think it was all on the proviso that the recession is lasting five minutes Mm. because they're pumping the economy. And it pisses me off that they can't pump everything and build infrastructure and really get this happening when it's good times because it's so freaking political that we need to have a balanced book so we get re-voted in. Uh, So I think it was really cool that... Yes, there is a bit of a recession. It sucks that people are out of job, mm. but it's cool that the governor like, we're investing $16 billion to build some freaking infrastructure and pipes and rail lines yeah. in Australia and fixing major arterial motorways. 
Um, so, yeah, you can see I've got a bit of a view on this. <laughs> yeah, you're quite passionate about it. It's good to see, isn't it? Highlights of small business for you? Yeah, so the temporary loss carryback was probably the big take for me on that. Um, so an example of that is if someone lost 50 grand in this financial year due to COVID, sold an asset that they had to or whatever it may have been, they can go back to 2018-19 financial year. If they made $50,000. If they made that profit, paid tax on it already, they can claim uh, that against that profit that they've made. So it's almost like they're letting people re-establish or resubmit a tax return from a year ago that had a gain and yeah. using last financial year's loss from COVID. Yeah, which you can normally do anyway. You can go and adjust tax returns, but now they've got that loss that they wouldn't have been able to do. Because it was in the wrong financial year. Correct, yeah. Because yeah, usually so, losses are, are carried forward, not backwards. Yeah, and I think that's probably the only quote-unquote small business win mm. other than you know if you do want to employ a trainee or an apprentice, you can get some cash help. Yeah, I... That um, depreciating assets, I thought that was already in. It was up to $50,000. Right. So, they've just extended that. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, I don't think that will have a material impact on most businesses. No. Um, so, how that works, everyone, if you're a business and you buy a $100,000 printer, you're a printing business, you can't you've got to pay profit on that $100,000 and then that printer sits on the balance sheet and then next year that printer is depreciated in value because it's getting older and getting used and it might be only worth $90,000. That $10,000 depreciation, that can now be an expense that you can claim on your tax return. That's very simplistic and don't at me if you're an accountant. But basically what they're saying now is, you can buy any piece of equipment up to any amount and write it off instantly. So you can buy that $100,000 printer today and claim it on tax. But realistically, if the threshold was up to that $50,000 or whatever it was at the moment, most small businesses may have already purchased the chunky asset. Mm. I mean, I'm a small business. There's probably 60 grand worth of crap in this room, but it's a heap of like two grand objects, one grand object, five grand objects like... And your business. So, Doesn't apply. most businesses, again, they're just really focusing on that big business, big infrastructure, yeah. big business expenses. Let's get a whole heap of people employed. Let's move a whole heap of, um, yeah. of and, things And around. generally wanting people to spend, aren't they? Whereas yep. we probably talk about people not wanting to or not spending but well, I, I put that yeah. straw man poll in the Facebook group and it said that um, I think it was around 40 44% of respondents mm. said any tax inc- uh, savings that they would get they would probably just put to general savings yeah. and as a bit of a, a spoiler alert for our census that we're going to do an episode on uh, 70% of the my millennial money listeners who answered the census do not have consumer debt mm. So, 70%. So, yeah. the M3 community, you are freaks, all right? Yeah. You, In a good, uh, sexy way. You're not a- I like um, when you talk dirty to me. You're not the general consensus, and uh, fortunately for you guys, but yeah, ideally yeah. they want general Australia to spend money. Yeah. So, the other stuff, you know, I- Look, the infrastructure stuff- you know, $2 billion in road safety, $14 billion in new and accelerated infrastructure projects. 
$2 billion uh, for water, dams, weirs, pipelines. There was another 2B that was thrown around and that was concessional loans for farmers. Mm. Now, this is, you know, I'm not a farmer. You're closer to a farmer than me because your brother's an active farmer. If you're a farmer doing it tough, I mean, that's cute that you're giving me money that I've got to pay back. Why don't you freaking do something so I can have bloody more water? Mm. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's a nice thing yeah. to give people loans. But if we can't earn an income, how do we pay the bastard back? Yeah, that's right. And it's it's more of a Band-Aid effect, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, the longer-term planning of more water and um, saving energy, all those sort of things for farmers is um, is definitely what's required. But, yeah, something's better than nothing. But it's for the next six years, I believe, isn't it? So... Um, they've got the ability to maybe, if their heart's in it, to grow the business uh, or diversify in some way, shape or form. Um, they can they can definitely do that, not loan free, but definitely, uh, yeah, incentivised to do that. The other thing, I thought the environment was a little bit of a loser in terms of the budget. <laughs> um, sorry to insult your feelings, environment. Um, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, a trillion dollars worth of debt. You know, we're throwing money at industry for jobs. We're throwing money at infrastructure. We're throwing everything around. Oh, and we'll flick National Parks 233 million, mm. which is a lot of money, but I guess in a percentage. Not in the whole scheme of things. It's not a not. huge amount. Uh, $67 million for ocean health. <laughs> what, are they buying $67 million worth of vitamin C tablets for the ocean? Yeah, like for the while. I, I think that was a little bit of a cop-out. The one thing I did like that they were putting $250 million into recycling infrastructure and banning the export of like plastic glass ties and all that because yeah. it is our waste. Yeah. So that, that was a good thing. Um, one thing that I thought was also a little bit of a cop-out – um, they were saying, oh, we're doing a lot for the gender pay gap. Um, and I think I've got it here written somewhere. I mean, there might've only been $200 million toward, um, the gender pay gap issues. I forget what they exactly called it, but that was, you know, a small amount, uh, a little bit of tokenism there. And within all this crap that's going down with like, we need to get everyone working again and, you know, jobs, 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 jobs. Childcare is a big part of society. Mm. No mention. I, I was just going to say, I didn't see anything. No mention. It. No. Uh, Childcare was also one of the first parts of the industry to fall off the job keeper cliff. Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably, to me, the losers was childcare, the environment, in comparison to the billions spent on infrastructure, women, uh, refugees, humanitarian, uh, mm. was also dicked around with as well. You probably throw aged care in there as well, to be honest. Like yeah. $50 yeah. might help us. Um, but well, aged care or aged pension? Well, aged care. Like there's d- disability pension, um, they they get a bit of a boost, but aged care or age the the elderly, let's call it, yeah. <laughs> they get their two hundred and fifty dollars, um, and there's not much more really to come. Yeah, I, I think if I could summarise, obviously what they've done, business as usual for you know your aged care, your childcare, 
you know, all this, mm. but our modeling shows if we invest billions of dollars in building roads, if we really turn up this whole infrastructure thing, mm. that will give us the biggest impact on jobs. Yeah. Which also, you know, re- reducing the unemployment rate lower is a good thing for governments. So budgets, they're mainly political, but I did an episode on My Millennial Money Express today as well, and I just gave my concise 10-minute thoughts on the budget. My biggest encouragement to everyone, and you'd probably agree, John, is whatever the budget says should not impact your life in a huge way because in a perfect world, you've got your own budget, your own money that you manage. Mm. We have to be kind of – we have to just not hang our hat on legislation because if we do, there's too much legislative – Risk, if that's how you say it. Yeah, and it's it's all things that are out of our control. We we focus on concentrating what's in our control, don't we? And, mm. and it's a little bit like saying, well, I'm going to wait to see who's in power before I make a decision on my investing. Well, yeah, it may have a, a short-term um, change, but ultimately it's, it's what you can control that matters. So there you have it. There's a bit of cash coming. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. They've... Um they're tweaking the youth allowance and ab study independent test, um, you know, who are unable to uh, – this measure will assist young people to meet the workforce participation criteria who are unable to obtain employment due to the economic impacts of coronavirus while on a gap year in 2020. Uh, there's a little bit uh, parental leave work test extension. Um, the government is temporarily extending the work – test for parental leave and dad and partner pay from 13 months to 20 months uh, for those affected by coronavirus. Uh, So yeah, a lot of um, stuff was just extended due to coronavirus. Um, What else we got here? International tax. It's an interesting one there. So the withholding tax rate of 15% on certain distributions instead of the default rate of 30%. Mm-hmm. Uh, effective from July 1, 2021. Yeah. And there was a uh, superannuation deferring the start date to reduce red tape. In the 2019-20 federal budget, the government proposed the budget measure uh, superannuation, reducing red tape for superannuation funds, uh, exempt exempt current pension income changes. This measure aim to simply reduce the process of claiming exempt current pension income in, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of other rats and mice, but the big thing that you need to know is if you're a first home buyer, if you want to buy a new place, there's an extra 10 spots to get in on a 5, um, 5% deposit. Yeah. Um, you will all get extra tax instantly, basically. The... Provided you're working. Provided you're working. And there's going to be a shatload of concrete produced to build stuff. Yeah, they're building. They're yeah. Um, getting, yeah, essentially people working again, hopefully. Yeah. But that, again, that 18 to 22 bracket, um, they're doing a bit to get them employed, but essentially we need to get out of this to for them to get real employment, don't they? Mm. We need planes mm. back in the air. We need... Mm. Um, restaurants to be continually open. And in New South Wales, we 
give or take. We haven't missed a beat too much, have we, in in that no. space? But, yeah, you, you go and speak to people in Melbourne, it's a totally different conversation. Absolutely. Well, for what it's worth, that's what myself and Johnson think of the Federale Budgetino. It's been a pleasure. As always. See ya. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 